Let's begin to sing to the Lord by lifting up our hands, giving him thanks for all the things that he has done in our life. Let's worship the Lord. I'll never be more loved than I am right now. Wouldn't hold you up, so there's nothing I can do to let you down. It doesn't take a trophy to make you proud. I'll never be more loved than I am right now. I'll never be more loved than I am right now. Going through a storm, but I won't go down. I can hear your voice carried in the rhythm of the wind to call me out. You would cross an ocean. So I wouldn't drown You've never been closer than you are right now Cause Chira, you are enough Chira, you are enough And I will be content in every circumstance Jaira, you are enough I'm already loved I'm already chosen I know who I am I know what you've spoken I'm already loved More than I could imagine
Our scripture reading today is found in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. I'll be reading from the English Standard Version. Let's read together. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Let's now pray together. Lord, thank you so much for your word, the power that is in it, the power that it has to change our lives. Lord, we receive it right now with open hands, with an open heart, so that it can penetrate our minds, penetrate who we are as beings, and allow us to obey you and follow all the things that you have provided for us so graciously in this life. Lord, when we're able to receive your word and it changes our life for the good, let us run back to you with excitement within a heart that is grateful to all the things that you have done for us, giving you praise, glory, and honor in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. The pandemic has affected so many people and not just those who actually caught COVID-19, but it's had an impact on the way of life for all of us. On the job, increased requirements, new things that we must do, has caused burnout to be at an all-time high. At home, people are spending more time there that has caused an increase in tension and stress in relationships, in families. So many have actually broken up and ended in divorce, marriages because of the tension that's in the home. Also, inflation is at a 40-year high. Unless we forget, we're now dealing with the war in Ukraine. Gas prices are at a 15-year high. And we're all dealing with the prospect of whether or not there could possibly be a nuclear war. The buzzword and the trending topic now is always just mental health. Trying to figure out ways to actually keep your sanity in the midst of all the things that we are experiencing. Stress, anxiety, depression, burnout. All these things are at an all-time high in the lives of so many people. Let's talk together. What are you hearing? Is there more stress and anxiety in your family, in your workplace, in your own personal life? Since the pandemic, studies are reporting that a third of Americans are experiencing more stress, anxiety, and burnout than ever before. In the home, in personal relationships, in the workplace, and of course, in social media. Tension is all around us. And so I wanted us to begin to talk about that with someone in your home, in our chat, or just in your personal time with God. Let's begin to discuss that together right now.
Well, how do we deal with the stress, the anxiety that causes us to have poor relationships in the home, that actually causes us to have burnout on the job? How do we find a solution to actually deal with the issues in life? Do we run away from them? You know, I know some of us have found a way to actually just sit up at night and just think about our problems over and over and over again. You know, some of us are trying to cope with the issues that we actually face by taking a drink or finding something that eases the pain. You know, some of us are trying to talk to counselors, talk to others, so that we actually can have some kind of release to get the thoughts that are in our head out so that somebody else can actually hear some of the issues that we're going through. You know, I wanted to share with us that in the world that we actually live in right now, there are no satisfying answers. The world doesn't give us truly a good way to actually deal with the stress, the anxiety, and the pressure that we actually feel on a day-to-day basis. That is why we actually got to go to the source. We've got to go to God himself for him to share with us how we're supposed to deal with the things that we are experiencing in this life. Now, some people may think that the Bible is old that the Bible is a book that is useless in our day and time. But it is amazing when you actually read the pages of the book that actually fit the times that we live in right now. So today, I'm going to share with us what the Word of God actually says, how you and I can actually deal with some of the things that we're facing today. And I want to be honest with you, you know, the Word of God can impact us. But sometimes it's just not relevant to some of the things that people are experiencing in their life. You say, yeah, the word is good, but I got to deal with the practical issues of our life. And so at the same time, I want us to hear some of the practical things that we can be doing about using God's word. So it's not just giving you the word and just throwing it at you and letting that stick. But I actually want us to talk about it together. I want it to dwell in our heart so that we can see how God has truly decided for us to follow his plan, to follow the path that he has for our life. I wanted to first start by looking at Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28. Let me read it again. Jesus Christ said these words to us. He says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You know, that's a key. He is truly saying that I understood that you will face a time that you're facing just like today. And he says, come to me when you're heavy laden, when you're burdened, and I will give you rest. And so today we've got to understand what does it truly mean to come to God? What does it truly mean to actually recognize that there are burdens on our shoulders? There are things that are difficult in our life. And so I wanted to go back to the Old Testament. I wanted to show you a people that were dealing with an issue of their time so that we can actually see how God actually dealt with them, how God actually wanted them to walk in the issue that they faced through him and actually experience the goodness that he actually had for their life. I'm going all the way to the book of Joel. I wanted to share with you these words of scripture in verses two, three, and four, and then I want to give you the context of it. In verse two, three, and four of chapter one, the Bible says, hear this, you elders, give ear, all inhabitants in the land. Has such a thing in your days ever happened or in the days of your fathers? Tell your children of it and let your children tell their children and their children another generation. What the cutting locust left, the swarming locust has eaten. What the swarming locust left, the hopping locust has eaten. And what the hopping locust left, and destroying locust has eaten. 
Essentially, God said to the children of Israel, has a famine like this ever happened in your life? Have you ever experienced something like this? It's going to be told to generations, to generations, to generations. Everyone's going to know this story, and we're reading it right now. And the context was that these little bugs, millions of bugs, were just flying around the land, and it destroyed their financial economy. It destroyed their economy because their economy was based on two things. It was actually based off of the vineyard and it was actually based off the fig tree. You know, imagine like Cuba, for example, that has an economy that's based off of tobacco and sugar and uh, things of that nature. And if you just destroy that, you know, they have nothing to export and actually bring in other goods. Or you take Russia, for example, whose economy is primarily based off of the oil. And so if you take oil out of the equation, their economy just goes away. So God is saying the same thing here to the children of Israel. So just understand again, the children of Israel were basing their hopes on the system that God gave them. You know, God gave them the fig tree and he gave them the vine, but they actually were now placing their hope on it. Verse 12 says, they whined and they cried out, oh, the vine dries up. The fig tree languages, pomegranate, palm and apple, all the trees of the land are dried up. The gladness dried up from the children of man. They were crying out in the same kind of way when we are Christians, when we are people who believe in God, but we still primarily trust in the systems that God gave us, we will moan and whine when the stock market goes down. We'll moan and whine when gas prices go up. We will moan and whine when the healthcare system doesn't actually give us what we actually need. What God is actually calling us to do in seasons like this is to understand that we have stopped depending on him and we've started relying on the systems that he has given us. You see, I read that scripture and I read that passage because sometimes people think that the Bible is irrelevant, but we can see that a people face the same things that we experience and actually reacted in the same kind of way that we would react. You know, they lost their economy. You know, the stock market is tanking in our time. <laughs> you know, inflation is on the rise. Oil prices are on the rise. Gas prices are on the rise. And all those things create a pressure on people that actually makes them want to drink, that actually makes them weep and cry and have this anxiety that is within them. And God actually gives answers to them that I think are relevant to us. And I want to show that to you in verse 13 of chapter one. You know, it's amazing. What would you think that you would do? What do you think that if you were the sovereign one of the land, what would you try to get people to know at that time? Would you actually want them to just have the answer or would you have something that was a greater purpose in mind? And I think that that's what we begin to see in verse 13 is that God actually calls them to actually repent. Strange, right? That God actually would say in the midst of your famine, in the midst of your hard time, the midst of your stress, the thing that I actually want you to do is repent. And I think that it might be strange to us to hear that word repent because we might not understand what God is truly trying to say. Because in the midst of us thinking about the word repent, we think about this eternal perspective reality. The fact that we actually get an opportunity to actually receive salvation from God whenever we hear the word repentance. <laughs> and while all that's true, I also wanted to share with you that in the context of this book, these were people that actually already belonged to God, people that truly were actually already walking as God's people, and he was still calling them to repentance. So I wanted to share with us a definition of repentance. I wanted us to understand that repentance is a call from God to change our behavior. 
It's a call from God to actually reject the ways of the world and now begin to depend on him. And so whenever you hear the word repentance, God is really trying to say, reject the ways of this world and begin to turn to me. And so you can be a believer in God and still not actually reject the ways of the world and depend on God. You see, the literal definition of repentance is to turn 180 degrees into a new direction. So I'm sharing with you a practical way to understand that literal definition of repentance. It truly means for us to reject the ways of this world and actually depend on God. So you can be a believer in God and still have never rejected the ways of this world and truly depended on God. Because we see that in this example here, it's a people that actually call God Lord, that call him the one that they follow, but yet and still, when their financial system has now crashed, that was based on the fig tree, that was based on the vineyard, they began to weep, they began to moan, they began to stress out, they began to see that there was no hope in their life. And so God first called them to repentance. And repentance simply means to understand that there are times when we've got to reject the systems that are created in this world. Even though there are systems that God gives us, we've got to reject them as the way that we depend on them. And we got to actually learn how to depend on God himself so that he can actually be the one that is always first place in our life. So in seasons like this, God is actually calling us to repent. He is calling us to acknowledge and see where we have truly stopped depending on God. And we've actually just depended on the systems that he has given to us. And so in a time like this, we can look at the stock market, we can see it going down and we will weep and we will moan because of the effect that it's having in our pocket. We will look at the job market and we'll see that it is not producing what it used to produce and we'll weep and we'll moan. We'll look at our small business and we'll see that it's not generating the income that it did in years past. And so we'll weep and we'll moan and we'll have anxiety. We'll stay up at night trying to figure out what to do. When we face that kind of reality in our life, God is calling us to repent, to stop, to take a look and to come back to him. He's letting us know that we have stopped relying on him, stopped depending on him, and just started to believe in the systems that he actually has created. Because what God wants us to know is that he can rise up a system, he can take down a system. He can bring you new systems and he can make things antiquated and take away old systems. We've seen that in the past. We're living in a technology age. Before that, it was an industrial age. And so we've seen things come and go. God says, I can give you new seasons and I can take away seasons. I can give you new systems and I can take away systems. I can give you one kind of job and I can give you a new kind of job. I'll take that job away and actually provide something better for you. And in the midst of all that, God is trying to say to us, never depend on what I have provided for you. Always just simply depend on me. Because when we truly learn to depend on him, it doesn't matter what the system is. We will simply place our trust in him and we'll let God himself bring a new system to us. We'll let God himself give us a new job. We'll let God himself provide a new stream of income that we never had before. He'll take away one system and it doesn't bother us at all because we've just placed our trust in him. So can you see why God actually would call us to repentance in a time like this? Because there are times where we are relying in the systems that he has provided for us, just like the children of Israel. We're relying on the financial system that actually came from the fig tree and the vineyard. 
instead of relying on the God who could actually give them a new season if they just placed their trust in him. God wants to remind us, simply rely on him day by day. There's a passage that I want to share with you that's so important to this conversation. It's found in Matthew chapter 6, verse 11. When Jesus Christ was actually teaching his disciples to pray, he said these words. He said, give us this day our daily bread. That's supposed to be part of our prayer life. Think about your own prayer life. I'm sure you don't get up every single day and actually ask God for your daily provision. I'm sure you realize that you probably got a paycheck coming. You've got something in the bank account. And so you're not asking God for the daily provision that you need. But God is actually saying to us, that's supposed to be our prayer life. That's the way that we're supposed to depend on God. He's saying that every single day we're supposed to get up in the morning and actually ask him for our daily provision. Now, I wanted to share that context with you because imagine what that now looks like. If we think about God actually calling us to a place in dependency on Him, where we're saying we're not relying in the system, we're not relying in the stock market, we're not relying on the job, we're not relying on the things that He provides, but we'll say, God, every single day, I want to just receive from you what you have for me. When we have that kind of dependence on God, it doesn't matter what system God provides. God can give us one system one day and actually just change it the next day. But our dependence is still on Him and trying to give us this hard, practical example. Because I think when we live this way in dependence of God every single day, it actually helps us to not be stressed out, to not be anxious, to not have anxiety, to worry about what's going to happen over and over and over again. Because our dependency every single day, every single moment is that God's going to provide. God is calling us to actually live in that kind of manner, to live in that kind of way. So before we go any further, I wanted us to do a check-in. I wanted us to get back into community and begin to talk about where we are lacking some kind of dependency on God. You know, where is the trust that God is trying to get us to grow and trying to trust Him in this season? Where are we relying on the systems God has provided instead of just solely depending on Him? So with somebody in your home, in your chat room, or in your personal time with God right now, I would love for us to have a moment to begin to discuss this together. Coming out of your time with God, your conversation with somebody in your home, I would love for us to understand that I recognize how difficult it is hearing the things that God shares with us about rejecting the ways of the world, rejecting the systems that he even provides, understanding that sometimes he gives us a job and sometimes he doesn't want us to place our hope on it, but ask you to place our hope on him. And that creates a lot of turmoil around us when there is change in our life. But we've got to be reminded that God consistently wants us to learn how to depend on him at all times. So we've got to have these kind of experiences because it's the only way that we can demonstrate the dependence and the faith that God actually wants us to have. I want to read for us a passage of scripture in Mark chapter 8 verse 36 that maybe gives us a, some more hope, that gives us some more encouragement. 
Verse 36 says in verse 8, For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? I wanted to share that passage with you in Mark chapter 8, verse 36, because there are times where we actually build our life on things that are based off of a system that God is actually not preparing us to continue to build upon. You know, sometimes we try to manifest our dreams, right? And whenever we try to manifest our dreams, we're creating things that's based on our skill, based on our talent, based on our ability. But I wanna remind you, whenever we create things that is based off of us, we're now responsible to sustain it and to maintain it. But instead, whenever we trust in God, and we build our life based on what he calls us to do, guess what? He is now always responsible to actually build it, sustain it, to maintain it, and to provide the resources that are necessary in our life. In practical ways, that looks like God providing the people that we need. That means that God actually puts us in a new direction of actually meeting people and having resources that we didn't know were going to be available for that season, for that time. God has a way for us to be sustained when we learn to just depend and actually trust on him. And so I wanted to get back to this Joel chapter two passage so that we can see the result of them actually repenting to God and doing the things that he is requiring them to do. In verse 25, God says these words, that I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the hopper, destroyer, the cutter, the great army which I sent among you. And I believe that what God is saying to us right now is that when we trust in him, when we learn to depend on him above the system that he provided for us, that he will bring back all the things that we lost in this last year this last two years. And so we're facing something hard right now. If we're being squeezed right now, recognize God says, just repent, turn toward me, place your trust in me again, and I'll bring back whatever was destroyed in your life. Just trust him. God is faithful. God is good. As we begin to come to a close, I want to pray over us. So stay with me because I want you to hear this verse that I want to base my prayer off of. And I want you to receive this blessing that God has for us by committing a life that's going to depend on him. Isaiah chapter 51 verses 1, 2, and 3 is what I want to read for you. The word of God says to us, Listen to me, you who pursue righteousness, God's way of doing things. You who seek the Lord, look to the rock from which you are hewn, and to the quarry from which you were dug. Look to Abraham, your father, and to Sarah, whom bore you. For he was but one, but I called him, that I might bless him and multiply him. For the Lord comforts Zion, he comforts all her waste places, and makes her wilderness like Eden her desert like the garden of the Lord. Lord, thank you for your word today. Thank you for how it shapes our life and thank you for how you may have convicted us. Lord, you have shared with many of us that maybe we don't trust you in the way that we think that we do, that we need to depend on you in a greater way. Lord, I pray today that we use the words that you have shared with us to learn how to trust you in a greater and mightier way. Lord, we're reminded in the scriptures, we're reminded by men like Abraham who have depended their life on you, where you actually bless them, you multiply them. 
God, you called this one man and his wife and you gave them a great future when they actually trusted in you. They rejected the ways of this world and actually simply depended their life on you. Lord, I pray you help us today to reject the ways of this world, not to depend on the systems that are provided and that we live day by day with what you provide for us. Lord, we live day by day with the daily bread as the substance for what we need. Lord, we allow you to give us new systems and take away systems. We don't place our trust in them anymore. We simply depend on you so that all stress, all anxiety, all fear, everything that is heavy upon us will be taken away. Lord, your word reminds us to take our yoke upon you and learn from you. Lord, let us be yoked to you. Let us find the peace that you have for us in our life when we receive all that is based on the guidance that you give us in this world. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us in this Sunday service experience. If our time together has drawn you closer to the Lord and you want to take a greater step of faith, I want to now provide you with that opportunity. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, but now you are being compelled by what's inside of you to actually make him Lord and Savior of your life, I would like to provide you with that opportunity. Jesus Christ died, was buried, and was raised again so that you and I may have eternal life. And if you want to Place Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Just let us know right now in the chat room. Go to, Or if you're not in the chat room right now, go to our website at commonbondchurch.org and actually fill out a comment card and let us know that you would like to take that step of faith in Christ Jesus. Also, if you have already accepted Christ Jesus, but you want to take a step of faith of growing in greater maturity. If you recognize today that there's some things in your life that needs to mature, some things that you actually need to walk with God in a better way. And I actually want to encourage you also to go to our website, fill out a comment card, and let us know that you want to take a greater step of growth in Jesus Christ. I want to walk with you and help you to actually get to that place that God actually wants you to be. And the third thing I want to invite you to, that if it's on your heart right now, is to join the Common Bond Church community. We're providing a space where we're growing together, meeting the presence of God so that we can be the people that God desires us to be. And if you want to be part of that community with us, I would like for you also to be part of that community too. And so just contact us. Let us know that you would like to take that step of faith. Well, has this been good for you today? If it has, I would love for you to begin to share this with others. We are a young community that is growing together, and I would love for you to let other people know how blessed that you've been by our time together. Let me leave us with one last word of benediction. Lord, may you empower us with what we cannot do ourselves. May you provide us with mercy and grace where we need it. May your Holy Spirit keep us, may it guide us, may it convict us, and may it lead us always back to you so that we can live the life that you so desire for each and every one of us. Have a great week. Bye-bye. I know what you've spoken. I'm already loved more than I could imagine.